Isn't it funny how there are times when worlds just kind of collide a little bit? And, you know, for example, you you buy a new car, a car that you haven't really paid much attention to, but now that you have the car, you see it everywhere on the road. That's kind of like what's happening this week at Fig and Farm at Home. I got a question by Sarah saying, hey, if I only have $100 to put aside to do something to my living room, to refresh my living room, what would you suggest I do? And I answered that question on Tuesday in my Quick Tip Tuesday. And it inspired me to even go further and in thinking about what I would do if I only had $200 and $300. If you have not listened to that one on Tuesday, go back and take a listen and then subscribe to the show so that you don't miss what I would do if I had $200 and $300. Those are going to be coming out in the next couple weeks. But last week, or maybe the week before, I was asked if I would consider refreshing a school office. And by the way, the budget was $500. Are you picking your jaw up off the floor? (laughs) Yes, I was too. But you know, I love myself a good challenge. And absolutely, I said yes. Now, when I walked into that office last week, I was happily, happily greeted with not only the office staff, but a memory of teaching days gone by, and I'm going to share that with you as well as all of the things that we are doing to refresh this office in a short amount of time for $500. And if you've been following along on Instagram stories this week, I have been sharing a little bit here and there about what it looked like to start with and the direction we're taking it. So if you do not follow me on Instagram, no worries, but you can pop on over and just take a peek and see what it is that I'm up to. Taking this office from pretty bland and benign to something that is inspiring and welcoming. All right, are you ready to hear how you can take the tips that I'm using in this office redesign and apply them to your own home so that you can make your refresh, your living room refresh, your dining room refresh, your whatever room you want to refresh, refreshed, I think you're going to want to grab a notebook and a pen, sit back, relax, try not to be interrupted because you're going to want to hear what I have to say about how you too can refresh your space or a space in your home for less than $500, maybe even less than 400, maybe even less than 300. (laughs) All right. Enjoy today's show. We grew up with the phrase, home is where the heart is. But our culture has shifted, and now the message is, home should be Pinterest perfect. I'm calling BS on that message. Home, it's not about the stuff, it's about the story. And whether you know it or not, your home is a reflection of you and is already saying something. So what is it that you want it to say? Hey, I'm Danny, a former first grade teacher turned home decorator. Going from a dual income to a single income so I could stay home with my babies meant budget. Like ramen eating, goodwill shopping budget and I learned a few things along the way, like how to bring big style to your home without breaking the bank. And I'm sharing it all with you. Tips, tricks, decor, and design advice so you can learn to tell your story with your style, where you can start living free from the Pinterest perfect trap and start living a life of intention. Welcome to Fig and Farm at Home, where we design happy living and where it doesn't have to be perfect to be beautiful. It didn't take long for me to say yes to this project. I knew that it was going to be a challenge, but I knew that it was going to be so rewarding because this school reminded me so much of where I started, where I started teaching all those years ago for a, okay, are you ready? $19,000 annual paycheck. That's what I got (laughs) in 
2000. Yeah, that is not a whole heck of a lot. In fact, not enough to live on my own. I lived with my sister and her family, and we had a great time, or at least I did, watching those babies grow up. But it wasn't a big salary. It was very, very meager at best. So it was no surprise to know that although their salaries are probably higher than mine all these years later, that they just had about $500 to spend on this office refresh. I said, yes, this is the second school project that I've worked on, and I pretty much will just say yes and yes and yes, because that teacher part of me is tugging very strongly at creating space that teachers will, that will light them up. And now that I'm a parent, I want to make sure that those parents who are coming in and previewing this school and coming in to ask questions or pay bills or whatever that they are feeling like this is a wonderful spot, a wonderful place to drop off their babies every day. That's the goal here, right? We want it to feel like a reflection of the entire school environment. Okay, so what did I find when I walked into that building last week? You're going to laugh. It is very silly. But when you are working at a private school, you don't have hot lunches generally. Or if you do, you might have the really posh kind. Okay, if you're a private school on a budget, you don't have the posh kind. What you do is you offer pizza takeout (laughs) one day a week and carrot sticks, maybe applesauce cups, and maybe the juice boxes from school. But the pizza lunch, you guys, years ago when I was working at my very first job, every Thursday, we had pizza lunch offering for the kiddos. If they wanted hot lunch, and I'm doing air quotes, they ordered takeout. They ordered takeout and the, the volunteer... Uh, went to pick it up, or maybe it was delivered, but they organized it, and we got to have a hot lunch experience for for these kiddos who are not in a typical public school setting where hot lunch is provided. So we provided it for them. And if you've heard me say to, you know, if you listened last summer as we got ready for our summer break, and I talked about making school lunches for the boys and hot lunches for the boys, That is one of the reasons why I did that, because we had that hot lunch experience, and I wanted to recreate that for my boys during the summer breaks. It's still fun, even for the (laughs) 15-year-old, though he rolls his eyes now. Okay, back on track. So I saw the pizza lunch. It just warmed my heart, confirmed that, yes, I'm making the right decision, even if it was a long drive to get there, and I'm so happy to do it. So how do you go about taking a room that is less than inspiring, is purely functional? How do you take it into a place that feels warm and welcoming and inviting and all the things? Here's what we did. And here's what we are doing. It's a project that is ongoing. It is a project that will continue to unfold throughout the next couple weeks. But it is a hasty project at that. Are you ready? There are some steps and I want you to think about it. And the first one I already alluded to, the first one is to think about what it is you want your room or your space to feel like. When I had that meeting with with the two administrators, that was my first question. What are you hoping to accomplish here? I know that you want to change, but what do you want that change to feel like? What do you want that space to feel like? And who is it for? So who is it for? It is for the parents. It is for the office staff. It is for the prospective students. It is for the kiddos who walk the hallways and have to come in for an ice pack. It is for the entire school community. Okay, awesome. So right away with that question, I know I don't want it to be super adult. 
right? I want it to feel just a teeny tiny little bit playful because we are, after all, in the in a school building. And if I looked outside in the hallway, I see color, color everywhere. I already walked by beautiful displays of artwork that have color. I already saw all of the coats hanging out outside of the office, outside of the classrooms in the hallway. All of those coats are colorful. I got a peekaboo inside of one of the classrooms. Guess what? It is colorful. So we don't want to have a boring, bland, plain office when we're actually serving these kiddos. We want it to have some color in it. So starting where you want the room to go, who you are serving in that space, for you, it's not going to be a school building. It's not going to be a school office. It's going to be your home, maybe your bedroom, maybe your kiddo's bedroom, maybe a bathroom. Who is it serving? And what do you want it to feel like? Do you want it to feel playful? Do you want it to feel serious? Do you want it to feel calm? Do you want it to feel inviting? What is it for you? As we continued the conversation with the school administrators, they said they want it to feel warm and inviting. They want it to feel friendly, positive, and organized. Awesome. You know what? Friendly and organized are my middle names. (laughs) So this is speaking right to me. And again, we go back to that color idea. If you're starting with a very neutral space and you want your home, your space to feel friendly, Okay, I'm thinking friendly towards kids, right? I'm thinking a little bit more playful. And so I am using a little bit of interpretation here to say that, yes, we want it to feel warm towards the parents. We want it to feel friendly towards the kiddos. So we need to infuse that space with color. And here we run into the first roadblock. Because if that is, if we are working in a white space, guess what? The easiest way to remediate, the easiest way to make your space feel cohesive, the easiest way to make a quick transformation, and quite honestly, sometimes the cheapest, if you're doing it yourself, is to paint. But our roadblock in this situation is that, well, dang it, they're renting the space. So that means we are sticking with the white foundation walls. And if you are a renter, if you don't own your home and you are stuck with white walls, I have really, really good news for you. You can have a bright, vibrant, colorful space, even with a foundation of white walls. So lucky you, pat yourself on the back and let's reframe that idea and think about all the ways we can infuse color into your space, just like we are in this school office. So when you think about your home that you want to refresh, your room that you want to refresh, the first thing I want you to think about is what it is you want that space to feel like. And here's the kicker. I want you to identify and write this down, what it currently feels like, what it currently is saying to you, what currently is the state of the room in words. Now, nice, kind, bland, boring, those don't count. I want descriptive words. I want you to be really mindful of the way that you feel when you come in here. Okay, let's take the school office, for example. The floor is a color. I can't even remember what color it is because it doesn't matter. It's like bluish greenish. I don't know, office floor, and the walls are white. There's filing cabinets that are oatmealish, whitish, beige-ish, and they're dated, to be quite honest. There is stuff absolutely everywhere, and they did my- remind me that it was A, pizza day, B, teacher appreciation week, C, just a disorganized office, and D, they're a little bit in transition. So lots of things going on that made it so that it was a little cluttery. But when they said, I don't know what their first impression would be if we had a parent come in. And I said, well, hey, 
imagine I've never been to this school before. I am your first impression. This is how I felt when I walked into the space. I felt like it was an office space that did not serve children, that didn't feel cohesive, that felt disorganized and cluttered. And yes, telling a client that, yeah, that's a little bit um, speaking truth when sometimes it's not easy to hear, but they hired me to come in and help them with that. So if I were to sugarcoat it and say, oh no, it's fine. No, it's great. It wasn't great. They want it to feel warm and friendly. They want it to feel organized. Well, okay, it's none of those things. So we need to identify it so that we can move forward. So as you are looking at the room you want to refresh, hard truth here, maybe even ask a friend, what do you feel like when you come into this space? And make sure it's a friend that you love. (laughs) Make sure it's a friend that you have spoken hard truths with before, because sometimes hearing it from someone who you don't have that relationship with can be really, really hard. But what does it feel like? Use, Use your descriptive words and words that are not just, it feels gross. It feels yucky. What makes it feel gross? What makes it feel yucky? What makes it feel not inviting, not warm, not welcoming, not what is it? Maybe it is my furniture feels outdated. It feels really ugly. And honestly, I got this 15 years ago when we got married and it was a hand-me-down. Basically, it was one step from the curb anyway, but I got it because I needed a couch because we were poor and we were brand new married. So I hate that couch. Okay, that is so much more descriptive than I don't like it. It's ugly. It is so much more tied into a history that is 15 years in the making. It is so much more than I just don't like it. It is why you don't like it. You couldn't afford anything back then, right? You could barely afford the one pizza a week date night. You could barely afford that. So it's a reminder of those times and sometimes it's time to move on. Okay, so you're being really descriptive with what it is that that space currently feels like and what it is that you want it to feel like. Whatever word you think you might want to pick for your home for that room refresh, be descriptive about it. What does warm feel like to you? What does friendly feel like to you? What does cozy feel like to you? Whatever that word is that you're choosing, be descriptive. Warm is going to look a lot different uh, to you than it is to me. Friendly is going to look a lot different to you than it is to me. Positive is going to look a lot different Uh, for you than me. So what is it that you think that feels like? That's a great starting point. Now, as we were talking with the administrators, I actually didn't ask them, what do you mean by warm? What do you mean by positive? What do you mean by friendly? Because as we were having this conversation, this pre-designed conversation, they were filling all that in for me. They know that as a private school, they need to attract a few more kiddos and they want their best foot forward. They want a great first impression. They want the parents to feel like this is a legitimate place where they can serve their kiddos in the best capacity that they can, that they are providing a wonderful opportunity and education for these kiddos. And if a janky looking office is the first impression, but the rest of the school looks awesome, hey, this is the cog in the wheel. We can fix that. The second thing I want you to do when you're thinking about your refresh is I want you to think about an inspiration piece. We know that when we have a limited budget, a very limited budget to work with, we're not redoing the whole thing. We're not going, we're not going bonkers and replacing every single thing. 
So we need to pick something that is super inspiring, something that is beautiful, something that you absolutely love in that space. And we're going to use that as the inspiration piece. So what is it for you? If you are refreshing a bathroom, do you have a beautiful thing in there? Okay, if you don't, do you have something you want to go in there? Do you have a really pretty vase or a really lovely picture? Do you have a fun shower curtain? What is it? It can be any teeny tiny little thing, even in the case of a bathroom, it can be a soap dispenser. For me in this office space, it was Mosaic Mary. Yes, we are at a Catholic school, a private Catholic school, and Mosaic Mary is really pretty. It is exactly as I'm describing, describing a statue of Mary, a white statue, and there are little mosaic tiles on her, and I noticed her straight away, not from the pictures that were sent previously before I went into the space, but as I was touring the office, and the mosaic tiles are different shades of blues and greens and some yellow. So guess what? That right there is my color palette. That right there is going to infuse a little bit of life and energy and vibrancy and playfulness into the space that is lacking. So what is it for you in your home? What is it for you in your living room refresh? Can it be a pillow? Sure. Can it be an artwork? Absolutely. Can it be something you want to pull in? Maybe a kiddo art? Yes. What is it for you? Pick that one piece and I want you to look at the colors behind it. What are the colors in that inspiration piece? And I want you to ask yourself if, first of all, they make sense within that space. Is it a color story that really makes sense? I know in this office space, for example, the the blues and the greens and the yellows, they weren't represented anywhere other than a set of vintage blue office chairs. You can picture the kind. These are the kind that might have been living in a hospital waiting room or I don't know, a bank lounge, something like that. They could have been living in there years ago. The curvature of the arms is very, I'm just going to say office. It is very lounge. It is very uh, generic office spacey. <laughs> you could probably picture it in your head. It is a wood tone on the, on the arm and blue seating. And the blue is actually a very pretty blue. And guess what? That blue is right in the Mosaic Mary's coat. So we are going to use that blue as a foundation piece. Which leads me to tip number three. Use what you already have. When you are refreshing a room with such a tight budget, with such a small budget, using what you already have is going to be pivotal. It's actually going to be essential. Like in this case of the office, the blue chairs. When I sat with the administrators, they asked, oh, should we get rid of these blue chairs? Maybe blue chairs are the problem. Actually, no. The blue chairs tied perfectly in with Mosaic Mary's blue on her coat. This is perfect. This is wonderful. We want to have this blue repeated again in another way. So blue now is becoming a really predominant color that we're bringing into the space. What else can we use? When you are thinking about what it is you can use, sometimes it, it really requires you getting out of the room you're currently in. Of course, in this case, we need desks and there were desks that were there and we need storage cabinets and there were filing cabinets in there. But what about other things? What about the things that you have in your space, in your home that you're wanting to refresh? You have the couch. Okay, we can't refresh the couch for, for $500. Not the couch itself, but maybe the pillows on the couch. And spoiler alert, if you listen to the episode on Tuesday, that's exactly what we did with our $100 plus leftovers. Go back and listen to that. But the thing is, 
sometimes we get in our own way when we think that the stuff that we currently have in the space is the only way that it can be used, is the only location it can be used in, is the only function it might have. So I want to challenge you to, yes, take a look at what you have and decide which anchor pieces need to stay. If you're not sure about what I mean when I say anchor pieces, I want you to go back all the way back to the very beginning and listen to that um, episode about understanding the anatomy of a room. It's way back in the beginning. But when you know your anchor pieces and what those are, you can rethink and reuse some of the peripheral pieces or some of the smaller anchor pieces. In this case, in the office, we know that we have the two desks, they are staying, and the two office chairs, they are staying. We know that we need filing cabinets, but guess what? As we were having our meeting in what was a storage room slash office space, we were sitting among two filing cabinets that actually matched and were the same height. None of the others that were in the office space were. They could have been fine, and I had a plan to remediate them if there were no other options, but these two are perfect. And as we kept talking, they the administrators mentioned that actually the filing cabinets are just taking up space, really. We, they don't really need all of those, and maybe we can just use two. Fantastic. Even better, because it creates space, and it, these two that are matching, they make sense in the space. Already, we have instant cohesiveness. Perfect. But as we were sitting there in that room, I noticed a couple large art pieces. These were kiddo-created art, and if you know me, you know that I love kiddo-created art. And if you know me as a teacher, you know that I love decorating with art in the classroom. And so these are coming out of storage. They're in storage. No one gets to see them except for when you go and throw the empty box in the room. These are coming out, and we're going to give them a fresh coat of paint to make them cohesive. They are two different colors of paint right now in their frames, but the, the artwork is beautiful and it's colorful. And not only that, but it is a tribute to the story of the school. It's a tribute to who these people serve in the first place. They serve these kiddos. Okay, so you're looking around to see if, is there anything that you can use maybe from another room? You have the whole, your whole home to choose from. Check storage closets, check linen closets, check kiddo bedrooms, check the Goodwill pile that you have in the garage. Look around and see, are there things that are used in one space that maybe could be kind of cool in this space? Trade and borrow and play a little bit. Who's to say that if you grab the coffee table that's in the family room and you put it actually in the formal living room that you might not like it better in there? Who's to say that you take an art print out of the playroom and you put it downstairs in the living room because you want more color in the living room, but that actually isn't a better space for it in the first place. Look around and prepare to be surprised. This is one where you definitely need to open your imagination a little bit and try to look outside of the box. Try to see the things in a way that allows you to not just see them in the state that they are currently being used, but the potential for what lies ahead. The fourth thing to think about when you are working with a really restrictive budget and you want that refresh, you are desiring that refresh and you can taste it. It's just a paintbrush away. That is it. The fourth thing is don't be afraid to paint. Of course, we know that there's transformation in the walls, but sometimes we are limited. Sometimes we actually have a great foundation. Sometimes we can't paint the foundation. Sometimes we have to do something else. 
And what about some of the furniture that is in the space? In this case, we are actually bringing in a couple little bookcases, but they're coming in white. And you already know that we have a very white slate. We don't want white. We want color. We want it to feel warm and playful. We want it to feel friendly and inspiring. Those are the feelings we have and color is infusing that into the space. So we're taking a seemingly white bookcase and we're going to paint it. Now you have probably heard me say if you've been listening for a while that there are rules and things to think about when you're thinking I'm going to paint that antique dresser that has been in the home since 1852. Okay you might want to stop pause right now put your paintbrush down and go and listen to that episode about when you should paint and when you should not. Basically the rule of thumb is if it is in really pristine condition then maybe give it a second thought and actually you know what let's just have this conversation another time. (laughs) But here's the thing these aren't anything special these are Ikea bookshelves that have the that are made with MDF and have the laminate top. Paint them why not? They're going to add so much brightness and vibrancy to the space. It's going to look fantastic. And it's going to be a backdrop for what could be a rather normal, benign space. We have white walls. We have white desks. We have white bookcases. We don't want white bookcases. We want something that will pop and grab attention, that will take maybe even the eye off some of the clutter. Of course, we're addressing that too. But the point is, don't be afraid to paint. When you are bound by not painting the walls, painting furniture is second best. And again, I am going to find that episode. I do want you to listen to it. I'm going to find it and I'm going to link it in the show notes so that you are not misguided and don't um, inadvertently go and paint Aunt Mildred's super special hutch from way back when. <laughs> we Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> All right. But here's the thing, girls. What is the worst that can happen if we did take paint to the Ikea bookshelf? Honestly, the worst that can happen is we take the paint off. We sand it down. We strip it down. We paint over it a different color. That literally is the worst thing that can happen. That's not a big gamble. It just isn't. And it's going to elevate it in such a way that is going to be a wow factor. I want to remind you that I have a paint course in my in my online design academy. I have a paint course, how to paint furniture. How and this is really where I teach you how to know if Aunt Mildred's piece is something to paint or something not to paint. We talk about the tools that you need. We talk about how you can fix little things like scratches that you think could be damaging the furniture in the first place. We talk about restoring it just a teeny tiny bit because some of those pieces that you have, you think, oh, this is super valuable and it's antique, but it's actually, okay, don't plug your ears and don't throw shade here. It might be a piece of junk because it's just so beat up over so many years of use and abuse and mistreatment that giving it a fresh coat of paint is actually doing it a favor. It's bringing a new story and new life into this piece and it's telling your story. What can be better than that? So that paint course, I'm going to put a link there too, but that paint course teaches you how to make it look really nice to be honest it makes it so that you can learn how to paint without just using a rattle can learn to paint using chalk paint and how to finish it in a way that um, will last for a very long time spoiler alert however if you take the paint class and if you paint something and you love it 
chances are you are going to want to paint something else and something else and something else. It's kind of like that book, If I Give a Mouse a Cookie, you know that one? (laughs) If I give a mouse a cookie, he's going to want a glass of milk to go with it. And he's going to want a napkin to go with that and so on and so on and so on. Once you see the transformative power of paint, you're going to be surprised in a way that that refresh is now a catapult into redecorating. So what are you waiting for? Take the risk. What is the worst that can happen? And if you're not sure if that piece in the room that you want to refresh is worth painting or not, send me a picture. Ask there book a call, do any of those things and we can chat about it and I can help walk you through step by step so that you know if that piece is worth painting or not. And the fifth thing that you can do when you are wanting to refresh your room on a budget is to think cohesively, to think in terms of repetition. If you remember nothing else, repetition is the key to to design. Having elements that repeat themselves over and over and over again is really a very good thing. Go back to your inspiration piece, see what colors are in there, and make sure those colors are somewhere in the room at least three times. Not only that, but once you're done decorating and you've borrowed things from other rooms and you've taken pillows from kid playrooms and you've put them in here and you've taken art out of storage and you've hung it up, now I want you to step back because you think that you're done and I want you to take a picture. And when you are looking at this picture on your camera or you're, you're looking at it on your computer screen, I want you to look at each design element with a fresh lens. So let's say our design element is blue, just the color blue. I want you to see if you can literally draw a triangle between three blue pieces within your room. How clumpy is your triangle? How spread out are these pieces within your room? If they are sitting here clustered in one area, sometimes that's a very intentional look, but a lot of times having them spread out is a really good thing. If all of your blue is clumped together in one area and it's not intentional, move it. And the reason I say take a picture is because oftentimes these you're you're able to see the discrepancy a little bit more clearly when you're looking at it through the lens than in real life. So take a picture, look at it through the lens of your camera and see if you can identify the blue pieces. And then in the case of our Mosaic Mary, I'm going to see if I can see where the yellow pieces are and the green pieces and the aqua pieces. I'm going to do the same thing with each thing in order to make sure that I'm repeating all of these different design elements. And yes, I am including each color as its own element. I'm including... Uh, I might include stripe pattern. I might include polka dots as a, as an element. I might include wood tones as an element. I might include metals as an element. Black, if you have black curtain rods and black frames, is there another piece of black somewhere within there to ground that? You're looking around to see are each of these little things represented uh, equally, not necessarily equally, are they represented at least three times? So there you have it. As you think about your refresh, these are five things as a recap to think about. The first thing is to really identify what it is that you don't like about your current room that you're wanting to refresh and be specific. 
also set that goal. What is it you want that room to feel like? And in the case of this school building, I want it to feel playful and fun and warm and inviting. And to me, that says color. Number two, find an inspiration piece and use that inspiration piece as a means for creating your color palette. Number three, Go do a scavenger hunt in your own home. Not only will it be fun, (laughs) but it's also going to be super useful. See if you can think about using things that you already have in a new way and in a new location. Using what you have is super pivotal for saving money. So make sure you've got your thinking cap on and you are thinking outside of the box. Number four, Ladies, grab that paintbrush and don't be afraid to paint. If you can't paint the walls, which is super transformational, if you can't paint those, what can you paint within your space in order to infuse a little more personality, a little more warmth, playfulness, whatever that inspiration word is into your space? And if you're not sure about it, if you're a little bit worried about what's going to happen, ask yourself this, what is the worst that can happen? If you don't like it, you sand it down, you repaint it, you try again. And the fifth thing you can do when you're refreshing your space on a very minimal budget is to think cohesively, making sure that you remember that repetition is the key to design. So whatever design element you you have in your room, whether it's a color, a metal, a wood tone, a texture, make sure that it is repeated at least three times within that space. Within one space, within one sightline, can you see that design element repeated? That brings a cohesive feel to your space and makes it feel intentional and well put together. All right, ladies, if you have any questions and want any help transforming your space on a super tight budget, you know where to find me. You can reach out and book a call at figandfarmathome.com forward slash book a call. I'm here and the phone is waiting. I'll see you soon. Hey, real quick before you go, if you learned something new or found value in today's podcast, would you head over to iTunes to Fig and Farm at Home and leave a review and subscribe to the show? That would be awesome. And if you'd like to connect with my community of mamas who are learning to be intentional storytellers within their own homes, join us at bit.ly forward slash design 101 group. There's always more room at the table. See you soon.